Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 Support Call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 Pacific Time. Mountain Time is 7.40. Texas Time is 8.40 and 9.40 for Michigan and East Coast Time. I just get through your time zone. If you're here live, then you know the right time to be here. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on Sound. S-O-U-N-D, Cloud, C-L-O-U-D, put in TR90, and Frank Lomas, Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and these calls will pop up. They're archived now back more than nine years. The last several months, we've actually been including not only the date and the host name, but also the topic of the call. If you get your podcast through a different um, service, if you put in Frank, Lomas, and TR90, they could pop up, or they could pop up if you put in Frank, Lomas, and Solutions, the digit for anti-aging. Solutions for anti-aging, and it's the digit for. With that being said, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. I'm welcoming you to this call on this wonderful Tuesday, the 25th of January, 2022. And... This is a support call to help support your efforts with your TR90 or your Body Burn 30 program. That TR90 program, when you're first starting out, is a, one really good clean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, at least 30 grams of protein at least three of those meals. If you're a very large person, you may need to increase the number of grams of protein to uh, make it work super effectively. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is optimum. And um, if you're not able to do that, do take them with your meals because it's better to take them with your meals than to miss taking them at all. Drinking plenty of water to stay hydrated. The current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. For example, if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water daily. That, um, and if you're exercising heavily or if you're um, in a humid area, you'll need to increase that because you're losing a lot in perspiration and you'll need to replace that, those body fluids. And in that case, just putting just a tiny little pinch of salt in glass water and drinking it will actually, actually help your body retain some of the vital fluids that you need to make the program work. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. Um, start out with wherever you're at and build up to doing 30 minutes at a chunk if you can. If not, you can chunk it up and take uh, and do three 10-minute bouts or two 15-minute bouts. The exercise, mixing it up between the aerobic and the weight-bearing exercises is really key to this program because it is a lifestyle change. You're changing your lifestyle to incorporate that exercise into it regularly. Seven to nine hours of rest daily, that means sleep. If you're not getting the minimum, try going to bed 15 minutes earlier for several days and then bump it up another 15 minutes until your body acclimates and actually falls asleep a little bit earlier. Um, That... um, your body does a lot of what I call system resets while you're sleeping. So it is really key to be able to 
get adequate sleep. It helps also helps keep your brain clear so that you can make good choices um, for your TR90 lifestyle. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. They give you micronutrients, macronutrients, and a lot of fiber. And fiber helps keep things moving along through your system. And it's also a really key thing. The 30 grams of protein in at least three of those meals, that is actually helping your, you to retain your muscle mass. So that's why it's a key component to this program. With that being said, I'm always looking for information to share with you that will help support our TR90 lifestyle. And yesterday I was sharing some information out of a book called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, and Lustig is spelled L-U-S-T-I-G. He's an MD and an MSL. And I gave you four key things, um, get the insulin down to reduce your body fat and improve leptin resistance, get the ghrelin down to reduce hunger, get the PPY up to hasten satiety or that feeling of fullness, and to get the cortisol down to reduce the perceived stress and hunger and to reduce the deposition of energy into visceral fat. So the first one of those, to get that insulin down, eat fiber, reduce sugar, exercise. For almost everyone, reducing insulin is the linchpin to success. Less insulin means less shunting of energy to fat cells, improved leptin sensitivity, and a lower appetite. It also means more energy available to muscles, which improves metabolic health and quality of life. How to get the insulin down? That means reducing insulin release or improving insulin sensitivity or both. The best way to reduce insulin release is to limit the exposure of the pancreas to the agent that drives insulin up, which is glucose. This means cutting back on refined carbohydrates, improving insulin sensitivity, means improving peptic or muscle insulin sensitivity or both. And each one is accomplished differently. Improving peptic insulin sensitivity means limiting the production of liver fat, which requires limiting your liver's exposure to fat and carbohydrates. This is why most popular diets work. The best way to do this is to reduce your sugar consumption since this is always fat and carbohydrates combined. The easiest means of accomplishing this feat is to remove sugar beverages from your house. Soda, juice, vitamin water, and vitamin water is specifically named, all of it. Stick with water and milk. A sugar-addicted parent similar to the one who is drug addicted, will act as an enabler or a codependent or an apologist for their child. The job of the parent is to convert the house from a minefield into a safe house for the child. Another way to lower your insulin is to eat more fiber. 
which reduces flux to the liver and insulin response. Opt for brown foods, such as beans, lentils, whole grains, nuts, and other legumes. And eat the real stuff, the whole fruits and vegetables rather than their processed or juice derivatives. White food translates to bread, rice, pasta, and potatoes, means the fiber is gone, or in the case of potatoes, was never there in the first place. (coughs) Finally, improving muscle insulin sensitivity is very simple. Only exercise will do it. Because once muscle fat is stored, the only way to get rid of it is to burn it off. Plus, exercise will burn off liver fat as well. So number two, to get the ghrelin down, eat breakfast with protein, stop nighttime binging, and sleep more. Reducing ghrelin, the hunger hormone, will diminish total food intake at any given meal. The best way to do this is to eat breakfast. If you don't eat breakfast, you don't ratchet up your thermic effect of food. Ghrelin levels keep rising as the morning drags on and you will eat more at lunch and dinner and into the evening. Eating breakfast is part of the equation, but what you eat makes a huge difference. A high-protein load has been shown to reduce ghrelin more than a meal high in fat or carbohydrates, so you will burn more just sitting. Plus, protein has a higher thermic effect meaning it costs double the energy to metabolize protein versus the carbohydrates. Plus, protein doesn't generate nearly as high an insulin response as do carbohydrates and doesn't lead to your blood glucose crashing down, which makes you hungry sooner. Bring on the bacon and eggs. Some people with very severe insulin resistance caused by overconsumption of sugar are enormously hungry so hungry that standard mealtime changes won't cut it. The hallmark of this pattern is nighttime binging. When these patients awaken, they are not hungry and usually go without breakfast, which is a warning sign for for big indiscretions later in the day. Indeed, they invariably eat before bed, and some of them even awaken from sleep to eat. Eating after dinner time is problematic for everyone because any energy consumed that late will have no chance to be burned. It will find its way either into the fat tissue or to the liver, making the patient even more insulin resistant. Some of the patients also have obstructive sleep apnea, and virtually all of them have metabolic syndrome. They are enormously fatigued and can't find the ability to exercise due to both the excess of insulin and the lack of sleep. In order to improve their leptin resistance, which means improving their insulin resistance, they must break the vicious cycle of nighttime eating and energy storage. The only hope these patients have is to readjust their meal times. This means eating a sensible breakfast and lunch with no snacks added. Dinner must, be, must consistently occur a good four hours before the bedtime. Any late dalliances with food 
will only make matters worse. These patients must also get consistent sleep, which can very can be very difficult due to the problems in their airways while sleeping, called obstructive sleep apnea. Patients who snore, and in this category they all do, may need to see their doctor to get a bi-level positive airflow pressure or BiPAP machine to hold their airway open while sleeping. Some patients may need a tonsillectomy or an adenoidectomy to create a larger airway for better sleep. Number three, get the PYY up, eat appropriate portions, wait 20 minutes for seconds, and eat fiber. A kid eats a whole plate of food and says to her mother, I'm still hungry. Mom doesn't want a kid to starve, certainly doesn't want any whining, and serves up another portion. You parents out there, how many times has this happened to you? Every day? Every meal? For adults, why do you devour a second hamburger immediately after scarfing down the first? There's a huge difference between the phenomenon of satiety versus the phenomenon of lack of hunger. Putting food in the stomach lowers your ghrelin, but that doesn't stop you from eating more. The signal for satiety, the switch which turns off the meal, is peptide YY, which is the PYY. Between the stomach and the PYY cells are 22 feet of intestines. It takes time for the food to get there. Give it a chance. The Japanese have a saying, eat until you are 80% full. This is very difficult to do in America. The key is to wait 20 minutes for second portions. Also, make sure your first portion is an appropriate size. Even if you don't go back for seconds, you're going to be damaged if you supersize your meal. The best way to get your PYY up is to make the food move through the intestine faster, and that's the job of fiber. The best way to get fiber is to eat real food. And um, when I am with you again on Thursday, I'm going to share with you number four, which is to get the cholesterol down, which involves exercise. Thank you for joining me today. If you have any questions or comments, you can feel free to share those after I uh, open up the lines. Also, if um, you want to build a new skin business at the top of the hour, if you scoot over to Facebook, One Team Global Live, one of our leaders will be sharing some information on how to build a new skin business if that's something you're interested in. And with that, I'm going to let you go and hope that you have a great day to get out and get some positive exercise. So there we have it, my friends. Why we should be limiting some of the things and increasing that fiber. And hope you are looking forward to a super day. Yesterday, part of our area was really densely fogging, and the other part was sunny and beautiful. So I'm looking forward to a better day. 
today weather-wise. Other than that, I hope you have a great day, and I look forward to hearing from you.